Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, in John chapter 20, verse 31, it's been our overarching verse as we've started this series now. Now in, in part two, it said these words, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the, the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that really is the culmination of this story. After this noble man comes to Jesus and Jesus says, your son will live and he goes home, his whole family believes and their eternities are changed because they believed in Jesus. He comes from Capernaum to Cana. He knows that Jesus is there and he knows that Jesus has already done a miracle the first miracle, this story of the boy with the fever who's on his way to dying, who actually has his fever break and is healthy and happy, is the second miracle. The first miracle was water into wine. Yeah, okay. Somebody goes, yeah, but you know, vino, it's so important to life. And without vino and pinot, you can't live, you know. But this is a bigger deal. This is not a wedding reception, water and a wine. This is a boy who's dying and a father who is desperate. And this is the first time in the Bible where Jesus encounters life and death before him. There'll be other places where somebody will come to him and say, my servant is dead. There'll be other places where there'll be life and death. But this is the first time life and death and Jesus are in the same scene together. I don't know how many of you are hikers. How many really hike? I mean, you're a hiker. You're good, good. Now, I'm not talking about lookout point. I'm not talking, I do the upper loop. I mean, I'm talking about hike. This is, by the way, this is the Appalachian Trail. 2,200 miles long is this trail. And one of the most fascinating things is, a few years ago, there was a gentleman who was blind And just he and his dog traversed the trail from Georgia to Maine, 2,200 miles. There's a Colorado trail that's 500 miles, and some places it goes up to 10,000 feet. The Oregon Coast Trail, the Pacific Northwest Trail, that goes from Montana to Washington. It's just a simple little 1,200-mile jaunt. Huh? And there's other trails, uh, some are like the Tahoe Rim Trail from California to Nevada. It's a short one, only 165 miles. And then the shorter Rubicon Trail that you can take your uh, special RVs over, about 16 miles, take you several days, or you can walk aside at about 22 miles. But not all of us are hikers. Come on. We're not. So we go, well, I went to the Gaviota Peak. Okay, good, good, good. But I think in faith, we always hike, don't we? we? We're on a trail. Maybe it's not Cana to Capernaum, 16 and a half miles. Maybe it's the trail from a prayer that you offered to a prayer that's answered. Maybe it's the trail from doubt to faith, from, from no hope to being filled with hope, to losing your joy, to having the joy of salvation rekindled in your life. If you're committed to Christ, then you're called to walk a road. It's a, it's a road of faith. The just shall live and, and walk by, by faith. 
Well, let's pick up the story in John chapter 4, 46 and 47. It says, once more he visited Canaan, Galilee, where he turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. And when this man had heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him. And what does he do? What does he do? He went, is it there? Oh, next slide, sorry. He went to him, and here's what he did. Oh, he begged. What would you do? It's your boy. It's your boy. Now, this is a noble man. He's kind of like um, somebody in the president's cabinet today. He's probably uh, used to giving commands. He travels, as you saw in the video, most likely with the entourage. He never comes alone. And so here he is, he's coming to Jesus because he believed that Jesus Christ could heal his son, the son who was close to death. You could write this down if you're a note taker, a desperate situation with a desperate request. You ever been desperate to God? You ever banged on heaven's door? You ever just prayed and sometimes the heavens are as brass? You ever asked God, I mean, you've prayed and you've fasted and you've believed and you're doing all you can to to see someone healed, someone turned around. Well, this uh, terrain from, from, from Cana to uh, Capernaum, about 16 and a half miles, it's kind of interesting that it took two days. Now, many people could walk 16 and a half miles in one day. It's not, you know, overly impossible. And we saw in the video, and many scholars believe they were on horseback. I don't know why this official took two days. Maybe it was that he wasn't worried. He just said, your boy shall live, and he took him at his word. It says later in the scripture, we'll see that Jesus spoke, said, go, go home. And, and the young man took, or the noble man took Jesus at his word and departed. Maybe he had so much faith, he he went by the left to the mountains and saw, this is actually taken uh, less than a year ago. This would be part of the trail from Cana to Capernaum. 16 and a half miles, a little over than eight miles a day on a horse. Any, any horse people here? Is eight miles too much for a horse in one day? No. So he took two days. And that's when the, the servants came and said, hey, hey, we got news for you. And then, and then, the, and then the nobleman asked, when? When? Did the fever break? He said, one o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. That's the exact time that Jesus spoke. Well, I'd like to have that kind of faith, wouldn't you? The kind of faith that says, I trust in the Lord, that even when I've asked him to do something in desperation. In John 4, 48, we see uh, the, the, the second point. Let me give you the second point. Jesus' response reminds us of what most people want from Jesus. Here's what they want. Come on. Only a miracle. Now, I'm going to make a confession. Are you ready for this? I'm a North American Christian where consumerism is high. Come on. I know not you, LFC. I know no churches in Santa Barbara County. We're all just humble servants of an illustrious master. And, but most people, instead of seeking the face of God, we seek his hands. Give me, give me, Lord. Do for me, Lord. Do, come on, come on, God. Bless me real good, Lord. Bless me. Lord, bless me. Come on. I want a blessing, Lord. Most people are looking for a miracle. You know why I know this? Because Jesus said it. The man says, would you come to my house and heal my boy? Now, you have to understand, again, they travel with an entourage, but all the people from Cana are like, hey, it's Jesus. He's back. 
Guess what? Here comes a nobleman asking for something from him, and there's a crowd around him. Why? Because they all heard the news. They all saw it on Facebook. (laughs) Jesus turned water into wine. Let's go find him. Maybe we'll get some free vino. Come on. Maybe he'll give out free chicken McNuggets. We don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do something. And people follow Jesus sometimes because they saw God in the flesh and sometimes because they just wanted to be voyeurs, voyeuristic culture in the middle of a miracle. Let's see what Jesus can do now. Bless me, Lord. Do something. What's your next stick, Lord? What's your next trick, Lord? What are you going to do now, God? Huh. And here's what he says, John 4, 48. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. Now, now get the scenario. People everywhere. The nobleman. Jesus, come to my house. I beg you. My boy's dying. I beg you to come. I beg you. I beg you to come to my house. And Jesus turns around and says, here's the response. Unless you people see a miracle, you won't believe me. Is that what the father wanted to hear? A rebuke? But that's exactly what Jesus gives them. His words seem awful harsh. But people miss the power and the truth in the life of Jesus if all people want to see is the miraculous. I believe in miracles. I told you last week. I believe in signs and wonders. And I also know that I know that I can't explain why God heals some and not others. But Jesus takes issue with the faith that must see before it believes. And if you want to grow deep in your faith, you want a challenge today, I'm going to give you a challenge. How about faith that believes when it doesn't see anything? Faith that believes. (laughs) Remember the prophet? It's going to rain. By the way, it never rained before in the history of humanity. It's going to rain. The Lord said, he says, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Water's going to fall from the sky. And then all of a sudden the prophet says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's not very big. Get ready for the deluge. Come on. That's faith. Faith is, is, is the, the hope of things not seen, the evidence of things not seen. So we have a faith that stands strong in God. And here's a miracle. You want a miracle? A faith that stands strong in God in opposition to what is seen. It doesn't look good, but I know God is good. It doesn't feel right, but I don't live by feelings. I live by faith. Things aren't being answered my way. I'm praying my guts out over here, and I'm not getting what I want. And the official comes, the crowd follows, and and they're wondering about another miracle. Can, Can I tell you something? The very first miracle, the water into wine, was what we're going to call a trusting faith miracle. Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes to him and presents the need. Jesus, my son, they've run out of wine. What an embarrassment. A wedding without wine. It's a reception. People are going to the buffet line, but there's no wine. People got chicken skewers and shrimp skewers and veggie scrambles, but there's no... I shouldn't talk about food right now. (laughs) But there's no wine. And here's what Mary says. Let me paraphrase to the servants. You do whatever he tells you to do. Now, that's not a miracle based on contingent. That's a miracle based on trust. A contingent miracle says, you do it my way, Lord, in my timetable. You take care of this situation the way I want it done. By the way, the nobleman could say that. I beg you to come to to my house. 
He's used to giving commands. But here's the lesson. And just write this down if you would. Be careful of the kind of faith that demands Jesus to do things my way. And I just let you in on a secret. I've been a Christian a long time and a pastor a long time. And here's what I've learned. Life works best when I trust him the most. Life works best when I remember the prophet Isaiah. My ways are not his ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. I do best when I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge him and let him do his thing. Because he's better than me. He's stronger than me. He's greater than me. So all of you should be saying, yes, amen. He's greater than you, Pastor B. (laughs) But I'll echo it back to you. He's greater than you. The second thing is to be careful of the kind of faith that is dependent upon signs and wonders for it to exist. I know people who have walked away from Christ, walked away from the church, walked away from the Bible because God didn't do something they asked him to do. If God is God, why did he let my spouse die, said one lady to me years ago. As she walked away from her faith, her husband got cancer. She looked at me and said, why did he get cancer? And my answer is, I don't know. She said, that's not a good enough answer for me. I said, I'm sorry. And so after the funeral, and of course he's in the casket and the graveside's going to happen, she said these words, I'm never going to follow the Lord again. I'm not going to trust in him. And you might go, wow, I can't believe that. But there's lots of people like that in Santa Barbara County. Are you aware of that? God didn't do, I didn't get the job. My kid didn't get accepted to college. My daughter didn't get to be cheerleader. I mean, I've, I've heard it all. I'm serious. And sometimes it's very small and sometimes it's very significant. Be careful of the kind of faith that's dependent upon signs and wonders to exist. There's another nobleman who comes. He's, he's a centurion. And he replied, Matthew 8, verse 8 and 10, Lord, I do not deserve to have you under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. This is, this is not the same guy that we're, we're reading about in, in John. It's not the same guy. Different, different guy. But, but listen to what he says. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. This is not a contingent faith. This is a trusting faith. Oh, you want me to come to your house? No, you're not, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I've not seen this kind of faith anywhere in all of Israel. Would you like to be this person? Hey, Lord, you just, you just do what you do. You just say the word, and I will believe, and I, I will follow you. One man said, do it my way. The other man said, you call the shots, and I will trust you. See, in your notes, be careful to allow the Lord to do his work in his way and in his time. This will save you five years of pain. God will do things his way, And it is time. And again, I don't understand everything God does and why he does things a certain way and and why he heals one person. I don't know. And if you find anybody who knows all those answers, run for your life because they're a nut. I mean, I've known some wonderful people who've gotten blessed and healed, and I know some wonderful people who got sick and died. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And this side of heaven, I don't think we ever will. I I love um, Lee Strobel. Some of you have read things by Lee Strobel, The Case uh, for Christ. Another one's called The Case for Miracles. Lee is a former atheist, 
who turned his life around and gave his life to Christ. And in the book called The Case for Miracles, he says these words, according to poll data, two out of five Americans say they've experienced a miracle at least once. That's 94 million miracles. Now consider 99.9 of them are mistaken. That would still be one miracle, uh, one million miracles taking place in the United States. One million. If 99% of those are incorrect, one million. Two out of five Americans. Yep, I've had a miracle. Wow. See, God does the miraculous no matter what we see. And Jesus gives us a really powerful thing when it comes to our faith and miracles. In Matthew 12, 38 to 40, he says, Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to, to see a sign from you. The very rebuke that Jesus gave the crowd. And Canaan, we want to see a sign. Just show us. And he answered. Boy, could you imagine hearing this? A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign. I, excuse me, Lord, I've asked you before for a sign. I've tried the fleece, the wet, the dry thing. I, I, you know, parked my car outside. If it's wet in the morning, if it's dry, come on. But none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now watch this. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. What's he talking about? He's talking about Good Friday, isn't he? And is he talking about the day we wear pastel colors? Come on. And chocolate bunnies, Easter. Listen, if the world needs a sign, I love Jesus here. If the world needs a sign and a miracle, this is it. The only miracle that has to happen is the death on the cross, where Jesus dies for us in our place, a debt he didn't owe and a debt we could not pay, and his mercy and his grace are given to us by the power of the cross. And I have to tell you, the church at large makes a huge mistake if it forgets to talk about and preach about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Because the Apostle Paul says, hey, I preach Christ and him crucified. I had a lady at the last service. I saw her out front. She goes, I sure like coming here. I go, me too. <laughs> she goes, no, I like coming here because uh, you, you always talk about Jesus. It doesn't matter what the, what, the, what the passage of Scripture is. You always bring it back to Jesus. I said, yes, I'm glad you found out. That's, that's my plan. Because if we don't talk about the gospel of Jesus, by the way, you're in a church that still believes the gospel of Jesus is powerful and true and transforms lives. Somebody said, well, we, we, come on, you might have to do something new. Uh, yes, we'll, 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 the methods may change, but the message can never change. It's Christ and him crucified. And Jesus says, this is the miracle that you will see. For Jonah was in the, the belly of the fish for three days. That's a crazy story, isn't it? And three nights, and the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth, inside the tomb, the borrowed tomb. He's saying that the only miracle we ever need to see is the cross itself, where Jesus is dying for us and says, Father, forgive me, they don't know what they do. Where he says, it is finished. You can't add to the cross. You can't, it's not salvation plus something else. It's not faith in Jesus plus works. It's, it's not faith in Jesus and you have to have a certain hairstyle, thank God. It's faith in Jesus. 
But back to our story. John 4, 49, the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. He doesn't even refer to the rebuke. Wouldn't you want to debate with Jesus? Wouldn't you want to say to the crowd, hey, crowd, knock it off. I, I need a miracle. My son's on the deathbed right now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you have been a little bit more verbose about your request? Well, he is. <laughs> because the third thing I want you to see is persistent and genuine faith will always be rewarded. And it may not be rewarded in the way you want it rewarded, but it will always be rewarded whether it's the comfort of God or the presence of God. In John 4, verse 50, Jesus says, go. Now, I, I don't know about you. I put myself in the story. I love to put myself in Bible stories. You know, like if I could Photoshop myself in or if I could somehow edit with, you know, video or I put myself in there, I would have been one of the guys on the horse. Hey! You know, my head would be kind of funny. You've seen those videos like that that are poorly done. But he says, go. I want you to go. And I I think I would have said, Jesus, I'm not going unless you go with me. Because remember, he's begged him, come to my house. I think I would have grabbed him. I think I would have grabbed him. Your son will live. See, the original request is you, you, you go with me. I love this, this verse in Romans 1.17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. Would you read the last part? The righteous, yeah, the righteous will live by faith, not, not by sight. The righteous will, John 4.50, the righteous will go. Jesus says, go, I'll go. The righteous, kind of like Abraham, the father of faith, I want you to get up and go. And Abraham says, um, where am I going? And God says, I'll show you when you get there. That's why he's called the father of faith. Abraham, Abraham, yes, you're going to have a son. Uh, Abraham says to God, we've got a problem here. I'm pretty old and Sarah's older than me. And even when she was young, she couldn't have children. Now at our old age, you're telling us we're going to have a child? And Abraham starts to believe it until he looks in the natural and sees her and says, you ain't the fox you used to be, sweetheart. I know you've been using oil of old lady, but it ain't working. And he grabs Hagar, remember? The maidservant, and says, you come sleep with me. And she goes, why? Why are we sleeping together? Uh, Because I need a kid. And he steps out of faith and tries to make the miracle happen himself. (laughs) And now he's got a problem. He's got an Ishmael on his hand. That's a whole other sermon. Huh? And he's got Hagar moving in because she's nursing the little kid, right? And he's telling everybody, see, I got a son of promise. And God's looking down and said, no, you made it on your, you jumped the gun. And then all of a sudden, Sarah gets pregnant. And who's born? Who's born? Isaac, you Bible scholars. Thank you for helping. And Isaac is born. And now Isaac's in the house, the son of promise, anointed by God. And Ishmael and Isaac, they're not getting along. And finally, finally, Sarah says to Abraham with her hands on her hips, we ain't having this. You send that woman and that boy away. Boop, boop, boop. 
but, but, but I got used to him being on my knee. I was telling him about Bible stories and, 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 and Ishmael, he's, he's, he's cute. He kind of looks like me too, doesn't he? No, he kind of looks like her. Huh? And she says, send him on his way. And it's a horrible scene. This is how I see it. He walks down the end of the driveway with a bag of toys, giving them to Ishmael. Say, don't forget me, son. Telling Hagar, go on your way. And he goes back in the house, and God reminds him, don't you dare get in my way. Don't you dare walk outside of faith. Don't you dare not trust me because I can do greater things than you can even begin to imagine if the righteous will live by faith. And I love this guy back in our story, John 4, verse 50, the man took Jesus at his his word. Can I just tell you how I prayed this morning? Lord, may all of us at LFC start taking you at your word. Yeah, but if I don't say something, yeah, but I prayed, my husband, if my wife, if, if my wife, if, if my son, the prodigal comes back, if, if if my friend is healed, hmm. listen, folks, I live life too, just like you. You know what? If we become the people of if, our faith will be diminished. If God does this for me by Friday at 5 o'clock, and then he tells all the angels, listen, don't do anything Friday at 5. Let's wait till Tuesday to mess with their heads. Right? Yeah, well, I'm supposed to speak it, and God's supposed to do it. No way. The man spoke here. Come to my house. Jesus says, you go. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. And I want to be somebody that does the same thing. Take Jesus at his word. And all the promises that he's given me in my life, the promise that says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, the promise that says he will never leave me nor forsake me, the promise says that God's not given me a spirit of fear but love, power, and a sound mind. How many promises has God given you through his word and by his spirit and you've forgotten those promises because of what you see? Well, that was good. No, because of what you see or what you feel or what the doctor says, what the bank account says. And you get to the place where, oh, Lord, unless you do this and you're not God and I'm not going to worship you. Man, we should worship him and go crazy. By the way, when did the boy get better? Well, it tells you in verse 51 and, and 53, you know the story. Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left, and the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household now believed. It's the miracle of Christ that causes us to believe. And someone says, well, what's the miracle? I'm going to give you the miracle. Are you ready? This is the miracle of miracles because Jesus said it this way. And here's a summary of that miracle in John's gospel, chapter 3 and verse 16. If you ever get tired of this, I pray that God shakes you up real good. For God, let's read it, so love, come on, that he gave his one and only son that, wait, 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 but not the guy that I work with. He not, not that lady down the street with the crazy barking dogs. 
Not that kid, that high school kid around the corner with a thumping bass in his car. He rattles my windows when he drives by. Not that person who lives, not, 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 no. Whoever believes, red, yellow, black, white, purple, green, orange streaks in their hair, come on. Nose rings, earrings, tattoos, whatever. Whoever believes, whoever. So when Jesus came to this earth, it was for all the whoever's. That means any human being that ever walks on the planet till the end of time believes in him will not, what? Perish but have. That is the greatest miracle. And with all the miracles that we could ask for, the greatest miracle is when somebody says, listen, I am on my way to hell. Matter of fact, I had somebody look in my eyes once and say, you can go to hell. And my response was, I was pretty cool and calm. I said, I'm sorry, I can't. (laughs) Some of you are waiting for a response, you know. Next time, hey, you go to hell, buddy. Just say, excuse me, I I can't. Sorry, I'd like to oblige you. But because I've been redeemed by Jesus Christ, who already went through death, hell, and the grave, I, I can't go there. Come on. Come on. So you tell your friends next time, well... Except you're going to use it this week. I know. Yeah, I know. They're going to say, go to hell. They might have their hand up. The other hand, I don't know. And at the same time, and you just say, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't because Jesus conquered hell for me, and, but I'm going to go to heaven. And you might lean and say, um, you, you, you might want to consider it too. It'll make you nicer, hopefully, Right? What a great bargain, by the way. I give the Lord me who believe. Here, Lord, I surrender, and I get him. Hello? I give him my unrighteousness or my righteousness as filthy rags, and I think it's good, but it's really not. And he gives me his righteousness, makes me whiter than the snow, justifies me just as if I'd never sinned. He gives me his mercy and his grace and a place reserved in heaven. I give him all my fears and insecurities and my problems. He gives me faith and hope and life. Now, don't tell God he's getting ripped off. Because some people walk around, well, I'm going to give the Lord me, and after all, I'm the most awesome person on the planet, near perfection. Listen, you're not all that good. Hello? You get God. He gets you. What a deal. And someday we stand before the Lord, and Jesus Christ is standing at the entrance of heaven, and he says, I picked up the tab for all your sins, for all your wrong thinking, for all your lusts, for all your wrongdoing, for all the places you went on the internet you should not have gone, neener, 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 for all that vino, too much vino. Come on. Neener, neener, neener. And Jesus says, I paid for all of that. That time you lied, that time you stole, that time you cheated, every wrongdoing, every evil sin, I come and wash that because of the blood of Christ. And then while you were on earth, you didn't realize how many miracles I did for you that you never saw. And you didn't realize how much power you did have because the power of Christ was in you. Could you imagine if you tried to navigate life without him? So here it is, the whole entire household 
is in paradise now. This nobleman's family believed, and they're part of the great cloud of witnesses. And if they were here today, where the boy's fever broke, where he was on his way to dying, if they were here today, they would say, and here's your application, be open to a miracle. Regardless of what you see or what you know, be open to a miracle. Dr. Timothy Keller said, if God can create the universe, then why do we have trouble that he can do a miracle? If God can create the universe, if God can turn water into wine, change the molecular structure of water, why would we not believe? If if he could speak the word and a boy is now able to live, why would we not believe that he could do miracles? The second thing is be obedient in the process of the miracle. What does that mean? Well, do more in obeying what you know God wants you to do in the season of your life for a miracle, be in the word, listen to his voice, respond to the nudges and the whispers of his spirit, be out there and about with people in our world who desperately need the love of Christ. I'm so, I'm sorry to bring it up again. I'm just so excited about, about October 31st. I'm just, because we're going to interface with people that are desperate in our community. People that some, some are concerned about their own safety, I mean, it's, it's no secret, you know, six homicides in our town. I mean, come on. That's an all-time record, a bad record. There's some people who don't want to walk at night. There's people vandalizing stuff, people breaking into cars. Come, well, yeah, I, I saw it on Next Door Neighbor. I saw it on Facebook. It's true. And, and guess what people need? They need to see the love of Christ. Just love them. And so that's why I'm excited that you, you, all of you, are going to get to interface with families that some don't have two nickels to their name, and we can provide them with a party they could never afford. Let them jump on stuff, you know, and play in obstacle courses and eat your candy that you're going to bring <clears throat> starting next week. Lots of candy. <laughs> lots of candy. Be obedient to the process of the miracle. The other one is be a participant in the miracle. Less embracing your fears and doubts and more belief in the power of God. Don't just be a churchy, Christianese kind of, well, I just love the Lord. I mean, put, put your faith to action. And so, you know what? I'm, what's that line in that movie? I'm going to stand up because I can't take it anymore. I mean, some of you just need to stand up in faith and go, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to stand up and believe again. I'm going to stop whining and complaining, and I'm going to start living in my faith. And Jesus Replied, go, your son will live. And the man, verse 50, come on, took Jesus at his, at his, hey, some of you need to take Jesus at his word again and just believe again like never before. So two things we're going to do. One is we're going to pray in a second. Uh, And the first thing is I'm just going to invite anybody here who's never given their life to Jesus to do so today. I mean, the next few minutes could be the most eternal decision you ever make, where you say yes to Jesus. Yes to what? Yes to his offer of salvation. Yes to the fact that he died on the cross for you, he rose again from the dead for you. Yes to the fact that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. What a deal. I give him my pass to hell, and he gives me entrance to heaven? Hello? That's a deal. What's it cost? Everything. Who paid it? Jesus. What's it cost me to just believe? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, you believe in your heart, you confess with your lips, 
Jesus Christ is Lord, and you get to be saved. Wow. And he comes in to live inside your heart. And he says, well, theologically, we shouldn't invite him in our heart. I- I'm sorry. I say yes. Just invite him in. Believe he dies on the cross. Believe he rose again. Confess your sin. Invite him in. And every day you wake up, say, Holy Spirit, come in my heart afresh and bring Jesus and bring the Father with you. Let all the angels encamp around me and let me believe in the word of God that I would be able to say, hey, I will take you, Jesus, at your word. Well, pastor, you don't know my situation and my circumstance, and here's my response. Then then you don't know the power of Jesus. Yeah, but it's really bad. I, I, I understand. It's bad for me sometimes, too. But man, in my heart of hearts, I'm not going to deny the Lord and who he is and his power. I'm not going to deny who God is as far as our church is concerned, what we're able to do in this community. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep preaching Christ and him crucified. And some of you came today or you're watching online today, and this is your day to give your life to Jesus. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.